Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I am joined by the lovely Lori Beth Aldridge, and she is the creator of Yaya Mamas, and I love how she brings women together. She's all about community, and she's all about building moms up and supporting them, and she is a podcast host as well. She has the Elevating Motherhood podcast. And so by that title, you'll just know what kind of person she is. She does want to elevate motherhood. She wants to come alongside you on your journey, encourage you, inspire you. She and I just really connected, had a wonderful chat. And in this two-part conversation, we are talking about something that I bet a lot of you can relate to, especially now in this time, if you're listening in real time, how do we fill up our mama cup when we have little ones at home? Lori Beth has multiple little ones, and I have multiple as well. Um, Two counts, guys. (laughs) One counts. If you just have one little one at home, it's hard. It's hard to fill up your mama cup and nurture yourself while you're doing the busy work of momming. So I think you're really going to enjoy what we talk about. We talk about how we can reframe the dialogue in your head Um, How you can do something as simple as taking five minutes to fill up your cup and really thinking about what does fill your cup, taking some time to journal and Lori Beth has some awesome journal prompts. I will leave links in the show notes. So just listen in and get ready to feel like you're getting a big hug from Lori Beth. She is a lovely, lovely mama. And I know you're going to want to connect with her further. So all those links are in the show notes. And without further ado, here's part one of our conversation. Enjoy, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I have Lori Beth Aldridge. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. This is fun to be here. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm super excited to have you. And you're talking about something that we all need right now. Um, filling our mama cup with littles at home. And I would love for you to start by introducing yourself and your family and the mission of your mom community, Yaya Mamas. I love that. Oh, yay. Thanks. Yeah, I have three kids myself. They are currently six, four and a half, and just turned three. Like I'm in a little bit of denial that the baby just turned three. It's a big transition. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My husband and I and the girls live on the island of Maui. We um, live in a beautiful part of the island, kind of up the mountain, and we have our own renovation business. So I do the design work and my husband makes it come to life. It's so nice. Um, And then I have my own podcast, Elevating Motherhood, and then a blog, Yaya Mamas. We have um, made efforts to do things that we really want out of life, or I should say my husband has made room for me to do things I really want in my life, like have animals (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and lots of children and fruit trees. And we're kind of trying to move more toward a homesteading sort of way of life. And it's really, it's been really, really good. So we work really hard. We play really hard. We fill our days with things that we absolutely love. And I have to say one of the most exciting parts besides being a mom and a wife in Maui is um, supporting other moms. So when I had my first, I was still working full-time and we were running our business full-time and I had my baby and I went through my three-month maternity leave because I worked for Canadians and they were super generous (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I came back to it 
And I was like, man, okay, I did everything I had designed, right? I had the, a great pregnancy, had the baby, had a decent maternity leave, was making adjustments. And then one night I went out to dinner with my then boss and I saw another mom who had a baby about the same age as mine. And I basically accosted her. I had no idea how desperate I was to talk with another mom who also had a kid my age. But I was like, hi, how are you? I'm Lori Beth. Nice to meet you. How old's your baby? Blah, blah, blah. Do you live here? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and by the end of that dinner, I had um, asked my then boss for, I was like, do you have a piece of paper? Anything. I just need something to write my phone number down on. I have to give it to her before we leave, before she leaves. And so basically the entire dinner I was watching to see when I felt like they might leave because I didn't want my only connection to another mom who had a baby mm. the same age to just walk out the door because then I realized if that happened I would be all alone again mm. and I didn't even realize I was all alone so um my my boss friend um gave me a used sticky note and I scratched my phone number down on it and handed it to her and was like please call me for a play date and you know what she did she mm -hmm. called me and it was amazing. And it was just the connection that I needed. We, you know, did the whole thing that first time moms do of like making baby food together and all of that. And it was <laughs> so fulfilling. And I thought, man, if I need this so bad, I bet other moms need this too. Um, and I felt very under-resourced in a lot of ways, but then I also felt resourced myself because I do realize that I was coming into motherhood at a, an advantage to other moms because my background is in child development and mm. literature, and I've always had an interest in parenting, and I was a nanny for a really long time, and always wanted to be around kids, always wanted to be a mom. So I knew that that put me in a, at an advantage, but then I also met other moms who didn't feel like they had the resources they needed. <clears throat> Um, they didn't feel like they had the friendship circles that they needed, the support, they needed safe spaces to just talk things out with other moms. And so I decided we were going to talk about it and we were going to be honest about it. And I started a blog. I started a mom's group that quickly grew to 50 members and I had to cap it in a very short amount of time. And I ended up starting a second mom's group because the demand for it, even in a little tiny town, even on an island was very big. So... Mm. I decided to build this community and one that welcomes moms showing up as their authentic selves, um, you know, moms who want to grow, moms who want to learn, moms who want to learn more about themselves, and just have this sense of sisterhood where there's not all this judgment. I feel like a lot of times we're being encouraged with cultural messages to be mean, you know, mm -hmm. like the mean girl stuff never leaves from grade school. And we're encouraged to be that online. That's modeled for us online all the time. And I thought, you know what? No, how can we hold the space for moms who are different? So I wish you could see our moms group. We're from all different areas of the world. All I think there's seven or eight languages that are spoken in our moms group. It's it's wild. Wow. And we have a lot in common. We don't have a lot in common. You so despite all these differences that would, you know, in the online culture that you see, um, they would make us not friends, right? Because we don't fall into the same camp, but we're actually really good friends. And I realized that holding the space for moms to be themselves, even if we don't have the same beliefs, is really important. And I want to see more of that in the world. Um, more of this sisterhood rather than this competition or judgment or anything like that. And I'm also finding that so many moms are saying to me, 
man, I wish I had that kind of mom's group, or I wish I was part of that kind of community, or they want more of that in their life. And I think, you know what, it's you, it's you, you show Mm -hmm. up and do this, you show up and be this way, you hold the space for those other moms too, because I can guarantee you that you're not the only person who wants the same positivity out of your motherhood journey. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I love what you're doing. And I think that yeah, fighting against that idea of being a mean girl. Um, I was always on the receiving end of that growing up. Um, so for me personally, I really connect with your mission because I am the type of person that I just want to be friends with everybody. And that's how I was as a kid too. And I never understood why certain people didn't want to be my friend. I thought that was so weird. I know, <laughs> and, um, I know. You know, it's like, oh, why don't they like me? Um, And so I think in motherhood, that's translated into, yeah, just trying to have this community. Like I'm similar in that way where I like being friends with all different types of people. I have my own personal beliefs and opinions, but I love that you are similar in that there's no room for judgment. There's no room for the comparison we're all in this motherhood thing together. So I love that. Um, I Mm -hmm. also love that you care about moms bettering themselves. And, you know, on your website, you say bettering our families by bettering ourselves. I absolutely love that. I am really into self-development, really into, yeah. And just like pouring into yourself. I mean, sometimes practically that's really hard, but I think a lot of moms care about that. And And I just love how you tie it together. When we care about ourselves, when we better ourselves, we actually are bettering our families and caring for our families in a, in a more profound and deeper way. Um, So I love that you have your guided journals. Um, So cool. Great idea. I love journaling. I bet a lot of women do. Um, And these month by month daily journal prompts with this monthly theme, um, totally speaking my language. I love it. And yeah, can you just explain a little bit more about your heart behind, you know, the journaling and just like how we can better our families by bettering ourselves? Sure. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad you like them too. I just dropped a podcast episode this week on my podcast, Elevating Motherhood, called How Guided Journaling Changed My Life. Because oh, with all this talk sweet. about, I know the, t- the timing is awesome. I'm loving this question. Um, <laughs> it really did change my life because I realized that I wanted things to be different. I knew that I wasn't getting what I needed in order to show up for my then baby, um, soon to be second baby, <laughs> because we had our kids mm-hmm. back to back. Um, I wasn't getting what I needed in order to show up as my best self. And I was starting to get resentful. And I was also starting to fall into that cultural language crap of martyrdom. There's just no other way of saying it. I felt like I was being told your motherhood journey has to be convenient. It has to be easy. You know, it's getting in the way of your life. And I'm thinking, I don't have a life. I'm trying to figure out who I am now that I'm a mom. And also I kind of stepped back and said, I always wanted to be a mom. Now that I am a mom, I I still want to be a mom. So how can I be the best mom I can be? And I was looking around and realizing there weren't a lot of resources. So then I was turning into my mom's group and we were talking about all these different things. And it seemed like 
my friends in person, my friends online, we all had these common themes. We all wanted to work on things in our life, but we had no time. That's the script. Mm -hmm. You can insert any of the guided journal topics in there. You know, I want to learn more about finances, but I just don't have time. I want to learn more about connection and feel more connected to my family, but I just don't have time. And all of the topics, um, and it all started off with alone time, right? Because I realized Mm -hmm. I'm not getting any time to myself. I'm not getting any me time to do anything that fills me up. And I am literally pulling myself out of the family and saying, it's okay for everybody else to explore what it is they like or meet their needs, or I can help them meet their needs. But me, I'm just going to pull myself out of that, not meet my needs, get resentful. Yeah, it didn't work out. So I love journaling. I, like you said, I think most people do. And it's so popular, it almost seems cliche. But sometimes I think the simple things that are popular, like journaling, like meditation, like, you know, taking care of yourself, self-care, all of this stuff are the things that are actually needed, even if they are, quote unquote, mainstream or cliche. Or I even had heard mm-hmm. someone say one day that self-care is overused. And I was like, overused? (laughs) You're not talking to moms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. underused in our life. So that's where it all started. And I realized that if I was going to show up um, for myself, I was going to need to get over this lie that I don't have time to do it. It was a lie I was telling myself. And so Mm -hmm. I said, okay, five minutes a day. I'm I'm worth that. And that's when I kind of realized, too, a lot of this was um, wrapped up in my sense of self-worth because I felt important as a mom, and yet I didn't at the same time. And I didn't think I was worth even five minutes a day. And I didn't realize this until I set my goal for that very first month, that very first guided journal alone time. I said, okay, I'm going to journal in the morning. I'm going to answer the prompts. It's also kind of strange to be a writer and answer your own prompts and put something Mm -hmm. out to the world that you need to. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was like, these are all the questions I need to answer for myself. I'm going to focus on it for one entire month, five minutes a day, a different question every day. And my goal for alone time month was to have a cup of coffee after lunch, no matter what. Because I realized I was getting angry that lunchtime would come. And if I had lunch and then I really wanted a coffee after, I never made time for it about 90% of the time. And I was starting to get mad that no one was letting me have that time. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I was not giving myself time. So I announced to my family (laughs) and everyone around me, I am having a cup of coffee after lunch, no matter what. And I did that for 30 days, 31 days. And I literally cried over this. (laughs) That is how little I was taking care of myself. I realized that I wasn't taking time for me. I didn't think I was important enough to pour that cup of coffee or sit down for 10 minutes and just relax. And I cried, I laughed, I made the coffee every single day. And then I also realized I kind of trained my family to not make time for me too. I mean, I'm sure moms would understand. It's like if you're out running errands and you have little kids, you would stop for a potty break anytime they said, mama, I need to go potty. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't even think about it. You would just stop, make it happen. But how many times did I tell myself like, I need to go to the bathroom. Okay, we'll just wait till I get home. Okay, we'll just wait till after all the errands until my poor mom bladder was like, you need to pull over to the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, it, it was the same with the coffee, right? And I had basically trained my family to not meet any of my needs. In fact, it was so rare for me to ask for something that when one day we were all in the car and I we were running errands and we were getting ready to go home. And I said, can we just swing through the one coffee drive through that's here on the island <laughs> at that time and just get a coffee? It was literally four minutes down the road, you know, just a few minutes out of the way, a little loop. And my husband's like, can't we just wait to get it when we get home? And I cried and was like, no, we can't wait till I get home because then the baby's going to want to nurse. And then this one's going to want to go down for a nap. And what if they don't transfer? And then basically my coffee would get lost in all of this. And I'm having a coffee a day after lunch, no matter what. And we all sat there in silence in the car and thought about it for a second. And he pulled through the coffee drive through and we never talked about it again, you know, <laughs> but where it was the moment we all realized that I wasn't taking any time for me. And I was also encouraging my family to never honor those needs either. So once I realized this, once we started talking about it openly and all because of this five minutes a day, these guided journals, our lives got better and I got better too. And I felt like I was meeting my needs so I could help meet theirs. And it really highlighted the truth behind the saying, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm. Oh, and I, that just, that's kind of my mantra <laughs> for my motherhood, mm -hmm. which is why I wake up early too, to make sure the journaling happens, to take that time for myself in the morning, to make sure I'm filling my cup my literal coffee cup, but then also other things to reading or journaling or whatnot, meditating, working on the blog, working on the podcast, because that way I'm not fighting it all day long too. fighting so for that powerful. time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I know I, I yearn for that day when my baby sleeps through the night and I can take a few minutes for myself because I feel like that is so important for now. I often do get it in the afternoon when both kids nap or the little one naps and the older one um, does quiet time. And I think that silence, just that alone time, you know, it's just so sacred and so mm -hmm. important for, for moms and for everybody to have that time. And I really, I wrote this word down letting I really think that word is so important to assess. If you're saying this person is not letting me do X, I think that's kind of a red flag <laughs> to yourself. A cue, like, yeah. Yeah, a yeah, cue, like, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And I, I just really connected with that because I've often play the victim role and don't we all at different yeah. times it's just human nature we do it and that's okay and no one should feel guilty about that but just have an awareness have an awareness of um you know am i maybe blaming this on somebody else am i blaming this on motherhood and how i'm always needed and no one lets me do anything um how can we flip the script and say well i need to ask for what i need and so how can we do that practically? Like, how could we, I think you, you said one way is get up early. Um, mm -hmm. And then do you have any other ideas for, you know, maybe if a mom can't get up early before their kids, um, how could we make the time to journal and really pour into ourselves while we have little ones at home with us? Sure. I actually, it's funny because you said you wrote down the word letting and I wrote down the word sacred because I like how you described mm. that time. Um, and I think this calls for just a general reframe 
right? More mm-hmm. than um, pragmatic advice like wake up early or, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps kind of advice. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily work for everybody, but I think a general answer that you any mom could work into their schedule is the reframing. You know, like you said, paying attention. If you the dialogue in your head is saying, you know, no one's letting me do this, it's time to stop pause and reflect on what that means. Okay, that's it for part one. If you have some time, part two is ready for you. Bye for now.